Hola mi gente. The moment you've been waiting for is finally here. My brand new book, Financially Lit, is officially out. And I can't wait for you to get your copy. Inside this book, I'm bringing you culturally relevant and relatable personal finance advice that will allow you to finally feel seen, heard, and understood. Whether it's the guilt you feel from being the first person to make it while members of your family are still struggling, or the way that financial trauma manifests itself in negative and limiting beliefs around money, Financially Lit is here to guide you through it all. Just a few years ago, it was almost impossible to find personal finance books written for first-generation wealth-building Latinas. We have been forced to navigate the complicated world of money with a bunch of money books written by old white dudes who don't understand what it's like for us first-gen kids. But that stops right here, right now. Inside Financially Lit, you will learn how to set boundaries with your familia, with your dinero, create and pass on generational wealth, diversify and increase your income, protect yourself from financial abuse, navigate the complicated relationship between amor and dinero, invest like a white dude or better, and so much more. You can get your hard copy and audiobook version of Financially Lit at financiallylitbook.com and make sure to join our email list so you can find out when I'm stopping in a city near you for the Financially Lit book tour. See you soon. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Welcome to Yo Quiero Dinero, a personal finance podcast for the modern Latina. This ain't your abuelita's financial advice. I'm your host, Janice Torres-Rodriguez, and I'm here to help you tackle grown woman business when it comes to all things dinero. We're going to talk about how to make it, keep it, and grow it. On that note, vamos. Hi, guys. Welcome back to another episode of Yo Quiero Dinero, the podcast. This is your host, Janice, and today is officially the weekend before the Side Hustle Summit that I am co-hosting with four other amazing Latinas, including the one that you're going to hear from today. Now, in case you haven't already gotten your tickets, the Side Hustle Summit is a five-day summit that I'm putting together with four other amazing women who are going to be sharing their skills in using the power of the internet to create side hustles that can make you some real money. So we're going to be giving away this information for free. The tickets are completely free. You're absolutely able to donate if you so choose, and we've provided that option during the registration process. And so essentially what we're doing, we're getting together, we are sharing knowledge that we have collected over the years in order to help you create a side hustle that's actually going to help you pay down your debts, um, invest, save money, and just overall improve your quality of life. So if that sounds like something that you can benefit from, head over to yoquerodineropodcast.com slash side hustle summit to get your tickets. There are limited seats available, so please make sure that you get seats for the sessions that you want to attend because they are going quickly. Thank you for everyone who has already registered, and we're so looking forward to having you there. So as I mentioned, one of the panelists for the Side Hustle Summit is my guest for today's podcast, 
and we are talking to Vanessa from Wander Onwards. Vanessa is using the power of geo-arbitrage to create a life that is aligned with her purpose and her passion. So if you don't know what geo-arbitrage is, it's essentially moving to another country for an extended period of time to take advantage of benefits that you get as part of living there. So that can be you know, monetary benefits, there can be tax benefits, there can be other types of immigration benefits that you receive that you don't normally get in your home country. And Vanessa is an expert in that. She is a travel tech pro and she is a blogger and she's really using the power of being location independent and the power of the internet to accelerate her personal finance goals. So I can't wait to dive into this conversation with Vanessa from Wander Onwards. Let's do it. All right, Vanessa, thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me. I'm all the way across the world in Germany. Yes, I love the fact that I am in my robe right now interviewing you because it is just too damn early for me to get dressed and do the whole thing. So thank you. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So just for the listeners, a little bit of background as to how I discovered Vanessa. So Vanessa, you are actually part of this amazing like summit that Hey Berna put together called Hella Helpful. And I saw that you were one of the the people who was going to be hosting a workshop and specifically like how to use basically the internet to make money, right? So you can make money from anywhere. Yes, absolutely. And you are speaking my language, girl. When I saw that, I was like, I need to talk to this girl because she is like doing exactly what I plan to do. And I feel like a lot of people have this ambition to just not be tied to a job, especially with everything that's going on with the coronavirus and the crazy shit that is just happening to people's jobs. Like you don't want to be dependent on somebody else for work anymore. So I am so excited about this conversation. I'm glad. Um, And not just like being dependent on a job. Like I don't want to be dependent on a man, my parents, a sister, a sugar daddy, nada. Uh, Amen. Yes. (laughs) I want to pay my own bills so I can make my own decisions. I love that. All right. So let's dive right into this conversation because I have so many questions for you. So the first one is that I want to understand like what your relationship was like with money growing up and where this motivation to just be completely like misindependent comes from. Well, my background is like kind of all over the place, just like my personality and hobbies. <laughs> um, so my both my parents are first generation. Um, and so they grew up with nothing and they were fortunate enough to get good grades They both went to USC, studied finance. So um, they had this mentality of we can build this American dream for ourselves that our our parents had sacrificed so much for, um, but we don't have any generational wealth to get started with. Um, So we actually moved into my grandma's house. So there was four of us in one room, my mom, my dad, me, and my baby sister. And then in the other rooms, just very typical of Mexican culture was a bunch of other families. So my grandparents had their room, my mom's brother, his son, and uh, his girlfriend had another room. And then the couch and living room was like a rotating circle of family members. Um, So I learned very early on, one, the power of wealth, and two, what different types of people were doing to try to build wealth for themselves. Um, Because my, my family ended up breaking off from the rest of the family members and making a significant 
change in our lifestyle uh, just because we had the foresight and the education. Um, but then nobody taught me what to do with the money once I got it. Like, <laughs> I hear that, that girl. Um, so no one had any conversations with me. They just said, be a good girl, go to school, get good grades. And I was like, yeah, done. Now what? Mm-hmm. Um, and I got really sick. And I think this is such an American thing. Oh, uh, my Siri is speaking to me. Um, I got salmonella for three months in China oh, wow. by myself, could not work. And so I went into like 10 grand worth of debt, credit card debt on top of my $100,000 student loan. And then I had to get real serious about money and reading and learning about snowballing and debt payments. And the rest is kind of history. Wow. Okay. So, so much to unpack there. First off, what did you go to school for and why were you in China? So I, from a very young age, thought I was going to be a lawyer. I like did the whole speech and debate thing for 10 years. I had a a little red suit that 12 year old Vanessa would stomp around in. Um, (laughs) And I went to college to uh, in English literature. um, So I could prepare myself for law school. Um, Mm -hmm. Then I was actually working for Boston College as an RA when the Boston bombings happened. And I was one of the first responders for our university to try to get 300 kids that were screaming, crying, the whole works into a building and then like care for them while the military was on our doorstep. Like we couldn't go outside without being uh, having a military escort because we looked like the terrorists. Like we're just young kids. And the terrorists actually ended up hiding uh, less than a third of a mile away from our school. So that was some real shit. And I looked at my life and I was like, I've done everything anyone has ever told me to do and been this perfect little girl. I just need something different. So I was like, what's China up to? What's going on over there? And I just moved. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. I can't even like I cannot even. So wait, because if anybody doesn't know, like I made the move from New Jersey to Florida back in 2018, and I was the first for my family to even like do anything to that extent. And so I can't even imagine like what your family thought when you were like, Hey guys, I'm going to China. Yeah. I don't actually know how, what they really (laughs) believe because to this day, my parents are adamant. We had every faith in you. We were so happy for you to go. And part of me questions whether or not they thought this was actually a good idea or if they thought, you know what, she needs to fail on her own and figure it out. Um, well, I mean, I'm glad they took that approach because my mother just stopped talking to me for two oh, weeks and I was just like, I don't really know what you're trying to accomplish right now, mom. Wow. <laughs> but you're just in Florida. Is that not the same, yeah. same time zone? Yeah, girl, it's the same time zone. And like, you can be here in less than like two hours on a flight. Like, come on. Oh, wow. But, you know, the yeah. you know Latino households are just real extra sometimes, you know. Oh, if you want to talk about extra. So my grandmother used to be a nanny, like all good Mexican families. uh, We had a nanny, of course, uh, in the family business. But she didn't teach my mom how to cook or clean. So my mom (laughs) couldn't become a nanny. And so, yeah, so to this day, my mom can like warm something up in the the oven. Uh, (laughs) But uh, that was kind of like the first generational stage of like kicking the women out. And then my mom has a policy for all of her children. We cannot go in state for university. We have to leave the state. 
Um, mm. And so all of us got out and that was kind of how we started getting more comfortable with the idea of moving away from home. Um, and now my mom cannot wait for me to move to another country so she can come visit and tell all her friends about it. That is so funny. I love your mom. Oh my God. She sounds so progressive. Gosh. And bless her. She didn't leave the five square miles that she grew up in until she was 21. She didn't get on a plane until she was 21 years old. Well, you know what? I feel like she decided instead of being the type of person that I'm going to hold my child back out of my own fears, I'm actually going to push her to do things that I wasn't able to do. And I think that's the best kind of parenting. So kudos to your mom. Agreed. Agreed. I'm going to reapply that to my offspring, which I don't know if I have time to have. Like we have Corona. (laughs) We have these other like systemic issues we're dealing with. When are we supposed to reproduce in a safe way? I don't know. Girl, I'm about to be 35 and I'm having that conversation with my husband and we're just like, mm, it's mm. not looking good, guys. It's not looking <laughs> no. good. <laughs> There's never a good time. <laughs> oh, man. All right. So let's get back into this combo. So I want to know, how did you first become interested in personal finance? Yes. So um, I was like 24 in $10,000 worth of credit card debt. We're going to ignore my student loan for right now because that was... <laughs> Just a whole other monster. Um, and I actually was dating my current husband. Um, and he's a little bit older than me, 10 years. Woo woo. Uh, and I was like, you know what? This is my first serious relationship. I'm going to share something that's really, really close to my heart, I guess. I don't know. It's something I was really ashamed of. And Germans, I don't know if you've heard, but they do not like debt. They are, <laughs> debt is worse than premarital sex than having a baby mama like they would rather you kill someone than have death (laughs) (laughs) that's intense (laughs) yes agreed um and so he was he was not judgmental at all and bless him for this we just kind of sat down he taught me how to make a budget and then we went from there um and fast forward six years later i actually got him into investing uh, and like actually making our money make money for us. So in reality, he just bought my stock when it was down, and then I paid back up in interest. Mm, that's awesome. Yeah, it was definitely like the first real relationship controversy that I've had. Not controversy because no, there was no never any anger. It was the first real thing that I had to navigate as like an adult woman in an adult relationship up until then all the other drama with my relationships have been about bullshit um and now we got to focus and speak like adults on the same page and work through it well and money is such a big thing for couples especially Mm -hmm. like I think it's probably the number one reason why people get divorced because they just Mm -hmm. can't get on the same page so the fact that you're able to talk about money it's like that opens up the possibility to talk about so many other things right Yeah, absolutely. And if you can't talk about money, that is a red flag. You need to run. (laughs) Absolutely. Because it's not going to get easier. It's really not. That is a fact. Mm. Okay. So what were your spending habits like that you got into credit card debt to that level? Mm -hmm. You're going to think I'm so dumb and basic. (laughs) Girl, stop it. (laughs) We all did the same shit. You, you, me, the whole world. We're all learning as we go. I know. Okay. So like, first and foremost, I have never been cool. The fact that there are 40,000 people (laughs) online following me right now is 
blowing my mind as a very uncool person in high school. Um, <laughs> so my blog got really like hot and sexy uh, in 2014. And so in my mind, I needed to spend money to make money. So all of a sudden, I'm traveling all over Asia doing short term contracts, like flexing on the on the gram, as the kids say. Uh, and work got slower. Um, I wasn't able to convert as much. So that impacted my ability to, to save and make decisions, uh, that served me and not my Instagram account. And it all just came to a head and all of a sudden I'm 10 grand in debt. Yeah, man. I mean, keeping up with the Joneses, even on yep. social media, that is a yep. real thing. Okay? It is a real thing. And now Dying on the gram it, can get you in a lot of debt. Oh, yeah. And when I see it now, I was like, I remember I did that dumb shit. I remember I did that dumb shit. And I know some of these people in real life. And I'm like, there's no way your like assistant teaching salary is funding this. There's just no oh, yeah. way. Yeah, it's it's all just. It's all BS. Let's it is be all BS. But why do we let ourselves get trapped in it? Because it's so easy to believe what you see. We are taught to believe what we see and not question it. And you got to put a little bit of like thought process into like, is this real life? Because mm. I know I'm doing the same shit as you and I ain't living the life that you're allegedly living. So, mm. you know, For it's sure. like giving yourself a reality check. Mm. And just qu quick sidebar. Have you seen yeah. uh, Tiger King yet? <laughs> I just finished episode one and I'm just <laughs> like, I don't even know what I signed up for at this point, but um, I can't wait. And you know what? Personally, I'm super pissed off that Florida is always fucking highlighted as this yep. place full of idiots because of course, what is Carol Baskin, right? She's from Tampa. Yep. Yep. And I'm just like, why? Why do you have to be from here? But then I look around and I'm like, I know exactly why, because these people are real. So. Yep, these people are real. And <laughs> the funny thing is, this is this just shows how thin the veil is on social media. Okay. On Tiger King, uh, there's Doc Antle and his doctor PhD bullshit is for mystical science. Um, oh God, that guy I, freaks me out. I think he's a serial I, killer. Yeah, he's a, a cult leader, essentially. Um, and at the end of the documentary, I won't give any spoilers, but his um, his uh, Tiger Kingdom or whatever you want to call it gets raided by um, the feds uh, for a variety of reasons. But fast forward, no, backtrack to six months ago, I discovered this, um, what I thought to be very attractive young man. He was all about animal rights and like, for some reason was very um, had loads of photos with hot girls and hot tigers and like large lizards and was portraying himself as a animal rights activist and carer. But I started Googling him because I saw what I thought to be a house arrest anklet. And apparently <laughs> this guy lives on Doc Antle's property um, and got into a variety of uh, legal issues for battery, for armed robbery for trafficking um, illegal exotic animals. And now that Doc Antle's um, establishment has been raided, I've noticed on his social media accounts, all the big tigers, all the fancy animals and hot women, they're gone. He hasn't posted mm. like fresh content in months, but he's still trying to portray himself as this um, great exotic animal master of some sort. And I'm like, you're not fooling me. Unfollow, block, 
I don't absolutely any of foolishness. No, that I'm telling you, social media is a toxic ass place. If you don't let it look at it in the context that this is the highlight reel, guys, this is not real life. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. And if that guy can get like 2.2 million followers on this fake ass life that he's built on, like, <laughs> what's the hope for the rest of us? I'm trying to talk about mm. not as sexy things like managing your finances. I need a tiger <laughs> or something to keep people's <laughs> no, attention. Girl. Don't, don't. You're doing perfectly fine. So keep doing what you're doing because people are resonating with your message. And I want to talk more about what you're actually doing on social media because it's phenomenal. So um, first off, what inspired you to make a change with your finances? It's like, how did you tackle that debt? Okay. So there is, what is this guy's name? The, the snowball guy. Um, Dave Ramsey. Dave Ramsey. There we go. So I'm not a religious person and he puts way too much God stuff into finance, but I understand who he's trying to reach out to. And I've taken like the foundations of snowballing and baby steps to heart. So Mm -hmm. I made a commitment to myself for six months to pay down this debt. Every single dollar I made that was outside of rent and food was going straight into my debt. So I literally got a paycheck from a big client, two grand. in like one week gone in 24 hours because I just poured it into my debt. I was like, this money doesn't even exist. It's just debt money. And so six months, I paid off 10 grand worth of debt living in the most expensive city in the world, London, or I mean, uh, San Francisco up for debate. Um, Uh And once I realized I had this much power to change my life so dramatically, the wheels started turning and I started figuring out what an emergency fund is. I started learning what a brokerage was. um, And I started reading books uh, called The Millennial Takes on uh, Financing or Finance Uh and Millennial Takes on Investing. And it was like a dog with a bone. I just started consuming more and more information. Isn't it funny how that happens? I feel like the personal finance space is such a rabbit hole. Yes. Yes, yes, Like once you find out, you just want to like, take in as much information as humanly possible to make up for like the decades of, of time that you just didn't have access to this stuff. I felt like as soon as I discovered Susie Orman's books and then the podcast, I was like, Oh God, this is it. This is my new obsession. Like I'm, Mm -hmm. I'm lost. Mm -hmm. (laughs) There's no hope for me. (laughs) And you just want to shout about it because you see so many people suffering people that look like us who have no um, like history of talking about this. Uh, I just want to like shake people and be like, no, 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 no. I can, I can funnel that message, make it easy to understand, make it fun to experience. And we're going to go up together. Absolutely. And it's so frustrating. I don't know about you, but for me, I feel like I'm the oddball in my family where I'm like, talking about money in ways that are like not negative. I'm talking about like the power that it has. And so many people around me are just kind of like, yeah, I want money, but like, you know, it's just one of those things that I'm just never going to get enough of. And I think that's the biggest thing to tackle. It's just like the mindset around money. It's always so negative. It's always just like, it's a struggle to get it. It's a struggle to keep it. And it's just like, that's because you don't understand like how to use it guys. Like I'm trying to help you. Mm -hmm. And people think it's just so like out of this world, like the information we're providing is just so new and innovative, innovative. I'm like, no, white people have been doing this for generations, which is why we have generational wealth. Okay. (laughs) 
They've been There's passing the down the information generation to generation. And for the first time, we have access to information as much as we want to consume. So we get to level the playing field with hustle. This is what I tell everybody who will listen to me. Whatever you make, uh, whatever you lack in finances and wealth, you need to make up in hustle and it's going to balance out. I love that. Okay. So let's get into that. I want to talk about the career path that you're currently on and how you got to where you are today. So you are not only a travel blogger, but you're also using the power of the internet to help people understand that they can create the life of their dreams. So can you talk about that? Yes. So like every true Mexican, I have four jobs. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) So uh, my day job where I work uh, like full time, I am a um, I work for Expedia um, and I work in the client services engineering department where I help other travel providers uh, integrate into our technology and use our uh, services, essentially. So. Mm -hmm. That's my full-time gig. I got that gig because I started my travel blog in 2013 and like continued to keep it up. So when I went to my first interview, they used it as like a, a, a pillar of proof that I'm committed to this industry. Um, so that's how I started working in full-time in travel and then doing the side hustle in travel. Mm-hmm. Then... I got good at my job and kind of bored. So I'm like, okay, life is too easy now. Let's throw a grenade into my spare time. Um, And I created With Love Travel. Now, With Love Travel is for tax purposes where I funnel most of my um, business now. And I have um, transformational travel experiences on offer. So I take women around the world and we do workshops about personal finance, about health and wellness. I even have a love coach coming on my um, Morocco uh, retreat this November. Uh, Hopefully Corona's done by then. Um, Please, I hope so. I know. And then I have, I'm launching a masterclass about how to move abroad. uh, And it's like an end-to-end service where we talk about prep. We talk about immigration and visa. We talk about how to integrate and bring your family Um, And this is not a digital nomad course. I want to crush that bullshit. It is very expensive to do that. Um, This is for real people who have real responsibilities. Um, So that'll be launching in the next couple of weeks, which I'm killing myself to create. But you know what? I'm not going anywhere. So (laughs) I'm so excited for that course because I feel like it is the information that I've been looking for. My husband and I, we been talking about moving abroad especially with the fuck shit that's going on in this country and just i I, you know i love being an american but america sucks um (laughs) (laughs) you know our government our government just they need some work so we have been talking about especially since we're on the fire journey like we're obviously not going to retire here in the united states it's just too damn expensive Mm. and when you start looking at the logistics of making that move, it's like daunting. So I'm so glad that you're putting together this invaluable resource to help people like me do exactly what that. I have a question for you because I feel like a lot of people have this dream uh, of moving abroad and Mm -hmm. they might not understand the, like the complexities of it. And like, Mm -hmm you know, what are some challenges that you face? So I'm curious about that because it just looks so 
idealistic on social media and she's like yeah I'm just gonna pack my shit and leave and like I'm gonna live this amazing magic life but like that's not reality either right nope um (laughs) uh, (laughs) it just really isn't uh I'm gonna blow you away with a a little fact the fact that I'm brown has impacted the way that immigration offices treat me perceive Mm. my wealth perceive my worth and most people don't realize that the color of your skin, despite having an American passport, also dictates the way that you're treated abroad. Um, and I'm really happy to include a whole section about traveling while black and brown and traveling while um, gay or queer uh, in mm. my boot camp because I'm, I cannot believe no one has addressed this so far. Um, yeah. I was actually denied a marriage visa from the United Kingdom government um, on a like foundationless basis. Uh, essentially, they wrote in writing that they were denying my visa application because they couldn't understand why an American and a German had to continue their relationship in the United Kingdom and couldn't just fuck off back to where they came from. Oh, my God. Yep. Yep, they put that in writing. I paid 1,600 pounds to be told this in person. And I'm beside myself because I've lived in the United Kingdom for three years already. And uh, they told me that Friday that I needed to get out Monday for a 2.5 year cooling off period. What? Yep. Oh, my God. Yeah. You know what? They are the original colonizers. So I'm not really that surprised. Nope, Mm. you shouldn't be. Um, and we, we obviously fought them legally. And fortunately, in the middle of me sobbing hysterically, I'm like writing notes on my computer because I've, I've trained to be a lawyer. Um, so I'm like, mm. could you repeat that one more time? <laughs> um, <laughs> I want to make sure I heard that. <laughs> yes, exactly. And um, they ended up writing me a written apology when we threw lawyers at them. We threw the embassies, both the American and the German embassies at it. Um, we put our companies behind this appeal and they immediately saw what we were packing and they, they just didn't expect that from us. Uh, and they backed off and wrote a written apology for it. Um, wow. Yeah. And so it, it, it doesn't matter that we're both working professionals with like wealth and, and privilege. They saw a brown woman and they're like, OK, maybe there's some way we can get rid of this immigrant. Um, and this whole rat race just started. Um, I've been detained at the French border several times because uh, they thought I was suspicious uh, in <laughs> my travels. Um, I've had flags put on my passport uh, because they just don't understand how a woman of color can continue to support herself around the world without some sort of like prostitution ring going down. Um, and I think the thing that I've learned the most on this is, or through this journey is I got to be smart. Like whatever I lack in money, privilege, skin color, I have to make up and hustle. Um, So I know all the right things to say at the border. I know all the right papers to push, uh, buttons to use. um, And that's what I'm bringing to this this masterclass that I'm pulling together. Wow. Girl, that is crazy. And it's 2020 and we're still Mm. talking about like just systemic racism on levels that I don't think a lot of people want to admit still Mm. exist very much so um there's a whole thing that i could get into about traveling while black in asia and i know Mm. it's not my experience but i've been with my black friends or heard stories from them 
about the ways that they're treated, how they can't get cabs, how they can't get jobs. Um, and I just don't think enough attention is being brought to that because when black and brown kids try to pursue this, this abroad future, they're not prepared for it. They have mm-hmm. no idea what to do. Yeah. I think it's so important that you're highlighting that message and you're basically being an ambassador to what travel looks like for people who are not white privileged because it's not the same Mm-mm. at all. It's really not. Um, yeah. But that being said, I feel like I'm fighting against this by being that unfortunately ambassador <laughs> to the world. Mm-hmm. So like lots of Germans have never met a Mexican before. And so they're like, you're the first Mexican I've ever made or, or a friend I've uh, made. Uh, I always thought they were like the narcos, but you're not like them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that's awful. But so true. That's what people <laughs> think. That's what they see. You know, it's yep. just obnoxious. It is obnoxious. Uh, it is. But I'm I'm out here trying to hold it down. Um, I live just outside of Munich. So I am uh, the only Mexican for miles. And I go to <laughs> these grocery stores and people are looking at me and I smile and wave and respond in German. And they're like, oh, thank God you're one of these good minorities. Oh, Lord. Yeah, it's all right. I'm, I'm just trying to do what I can uh, to represent us as best as possible out here. Kudos to you, because I don't know if I could deal with that type of shit. I would probably get into a lot of verbal and potentially physical confrontations with people <laughs> acting reckless. Um, that's okay. That's why my husband's the family spokesperson and not me. <laughs> I think the world's more, got the up. customer service voice. Oh, yeah. The code switching. Hello. Yeah. Oh, he's yes, so good course. at it. He's worked in call centers, like, for 20 years. So he knows how to talk to white people in ways that I just don't <laughs> Yep. I went to Boston College. I get it. The first thing I told my mom when she dropped me off at Boston College, I'm like looking around. I'm like, there's a lot of white people here. (laughs) Like I'm from Los Angeles. My school is either 50% Mexican or 50% Asian. We had two white girls in uh, the entire graduating class that I had and they were acting the whole time. So I was very unprepared for what it was going to mean to go to a predominantly white school uh, and thank God we had like little circles um, where we could congregate as people of color. And they got mad about that, too. They're like, I can't believe these 10 Mexicans are getting together and having dinner together. I'm like, first of all, they're mm-hmm. Salvadorian. Uh, secondly, <laughs> why do you care? Yeah, it, people always feel the need to uh, infringe on other people's shit because they're not included. So yeah, that's a whole other story. But um Okay, so for your travel, like the selection of countries that you've gone to, they're very different. So how did you even Mm -hmm. get that list together that I'm like, I want to go live in Morocco and Turkey and like all these random places? How did you choose? I, I love being visibly different. Like uh, that Mm -hmm. is where I thrive. um, Because I like to surprise people with my languages. I speak four languages badly. Uh, I could probably learn <laughs> Arabic and French. It's not that hard. Um, I love being a, like, kind of novelty. Um, I don't know why. Maybe I'm obsessed with myself. But <laughs> uh, I want to do the hardest thing possible when I'm young and dumb and ignorant and believe that I can do it. So when I'm old, I can retire in Spain where I speak the language and I, it's a good cost of living. But right now I'm going to, I'm going to go to North Korea, hopefully in the next two years. 
Um, I want to move to Brussels with my family um, in the next two years. I'm just trying to do whatever I can to experience everything that life has to offer before I have to have children and give up. Well, and I feel like you're not going to be giving up. You're just going to be taking the kids along with you. God, I hope so. Do you Mm -hmm. ever feel sometimes like you have such a spark and, and like light in your heart and (laughs) you're just worried that giving yourself uh, this sort of like responsibility is going to take away what you love most about yourself? Girl, this is why I'm 35 with no kids. Like Mm -hmm. you are speaking my language, okay? I have the biggest fear of just, not even the responsibility because I know like financially and all that stuff, like we're good. Mm. It's more about just like losing myself in that process. Yeah. And it's so unfair, the sort of judgment that is put on women to like keep it all together. And I'm like, why are we criticizing the men for the fucked up kids as well? They're 50% of that equation. Right. And we're going to get criticized whether we decide to do it or whether we don't. So it's like, pick your poison and just make the decision for yourself because ain't nobody going to be volunteering to babysit these damn kids when yep. you have them, okay? <laughs> yes. Everybody's like, yeah, have the babies, have the babies. Bitch, where are you at when I need, like, a full-time babysitter? Yep. I don't see you. Nope, okay? not out here. And you know what? <laughs> I've just been looking more into child care just because my friends are, are starting to reproduce. Um, yep. It is 1,800 pounds in London for nursery. That is a under three child that you have to pay 1,800 pounds for. Um, And then in the United Kingdom, we're taxed um, at like almost 40% if you're a a higher earner. So Uh for some families, it doesn't make financial sense. Like they're only bringing in $2,500 a month. So why put that to the kid in nursery when the woman can just stay home and sacrifice everything for that? That's crazy. I told my mom, like, I need you to retire before we start having this conversation because you're going to be. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online store shop phase to the first real life store stage, all the way to the, did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. What I love about Shopify is how no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S., 
and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash dinero, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash dinero now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash dinero. I live in nanny because I'd rather pay you than some random on the street, yep. not even knowing what they're going to do yep. with my child. So yep. I agree. But that is for another episode. <laughs> Please invite me to this. So, we can talk about our hopes and fears. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I, I need to do a, a an entire episode. I'm just like the pressure that women have to live up to this impossible fucking standard. So yes, that's coming soon. Great. Um, so I want to talk about with love travel. So mm-hmm. I am obsessed with the power of the internet and how it can be used to essentially just live your best life mm-hmm. from a financial standpoint, from just an independent geo arbitrage standpoint, like you just, it's limitless, the amount of things that you can do once you're making money on the internet. So like, what are some of the things that people that are interested in um, on doing that, what advice do you have for them? Mm-hmm. Like how's, how do they get started? Okay. Get an accountant. Honestly, mm. people are completely unaware of how much less tax you're paying once you're a limited or incorporated company. Um, and when I was freelancing and paying taxes as an individual, I would pay thousands of dollars of tax when I was living outside of the United States, um, which I thought was ridiculous. And now that I'm incorporated uh, for a United Kingdom company, I don't pay a goddamn dime. Um, Mm. All of my earnings are reinvested into the company. So I I don't technically make a profit um, and I can just make better decisions uh, because I have more cash flow. So one, get an accountant two, become an incorporated company. Um, and three, you really need to sit down, get a vision board going of what you can offer this world, and then start following the breadcrumbs and figuring out how you can turn a buck from that. Because then you can, because then you can sustain it. You figure out what makes you happy and how you can turn a buck from that, and that's where that inspiration comes from. I love that, and that is so true. So many people get involved in random things thinking Mm. that yeah this is going to be what makes me money but if you don't actually care about it if you're not emotionally invested in it if you're not passionate and if you would not do this shit for free why Mm. are you trying to do it for money Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know so we get really caught up in that um and then i see all these weird uh multi-level marketing um people don't even get me started on that shit Mm -mm. i was like you're selling (laughs) a pipe dream and you can hear it in in the pitch easy money make a hundred figures from home blah 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 Um, and then people get trapped with um products that can't move and they're harassing me on facebook being like hey i haven't seen you in 10 years i'm from high school will you buy this organic oil no (laughs) all you gotta do is look at the thousands of LuLaRoe freaking horror stories Mm. and know that that shit is not how you get rich. Okay. You're just making somebody else rich with the illusion that you own your own business. Let's be honest. Agreed. Um, I have several high school people like come out of the woodwork and I'm like, you fucking bullied me in high school. (laughs) And now you want my audacity. Yes. 
Yes. And I, I struggle because I know I'm criticizing, criticizing a large portion of women that try to make a dollar from these multi-level marketing schemes because they have children to take care of at home and can't have like a traditional career sometimes. But we got to start talking more up front with these ladies and letting them know what they're really becoming a part of because uh, they're vulnerable. They need yep. to provide and they are promised this pipe dream um, and then they get themselves into a bunch of trouble. Absolutely. It's, it's very sad. It is. Um, so what um, advice would you have wished that you received when you were younger from a financial standpoint? Oh, man. Where do we even start? I wish my parents <laughs> cut me off earlier. I'm not going to even, like, beat around the bush. Um, <laughs> because that's when I really started to fail on my face. And I think if I would have failed in the United States where I spoke the local language, I had the legal right to be there, blah, 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 blah. I wouldn't have gotten into so much trouble financially and emotionally abroad. Um, Mm. I really went into like this downward, anxious, borderline depressed spiral where I couldn't leave my room for days. And then because I had no cash and cash is king in China, I couldn't buy food. Like uh, there, oh, wow. there are things in China called bowsas. I mean, they have them in the United States as well, but there are these uh, bread dumplings and they cost one renminbi, which is the equivalent of like three U.S. cents, I want to say. Um, and that mm-hmm. was the only thing I could afford. And I have a fucking gluten allergy. <laughs> like <laughs> that was the only thing I could eat. And I have a fucking gluten allergy. And I'm just like, where, how did I get this or into this position? And yeah. Not that my parents are like responsible for my behavior, blah, blah, blah. But if I think, if I think, English is hard. I think if I would have had to pay more bills, even though I was working as an RA, I have my student loans, blah, blah. I think if I would have had to pay more day-to-day bills and couldn't afford to go to CrossFit or couldn't afford to go to uh, spring break, that would have really changed the way I felt about money much earlier. Mm-hmm. Cut that your children sense. off, people. Cut them off. It's true. It is so true. I have, God bless him. I love my brother-in-law, but Jesus Christ, he's 30 years old and still living at home. Why? Because his mother does not force him to work full time. Man, that's tough. And I'm just like, he's single. I mean, my, my in-laws are like in their mid sixties. I'm like, I don't know what y'all are trying to do. But this man is not going to live in my house when you're not here anymore. Yep. So if y'all don't start preparing him for real fucking life, yep. se va a joder. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. No, I can't. That's it. I can't either. Um, <laughs> and you know what? I have some family members like that as well who don't really understand the value of a dollar and will continue to be supported by additional family members. And my husband and I have already been like very upfront. He actually like kind of towed around it and was like, do you think maybe we shouldn't? I'm like, we're not giving them a damn dime. Absolutely not. Nope. Um, and fortunately, I would love to do more work on investment because that's really my interest now um, since I'm, you know, not drowning in debt anymore. Um, mm-hmm. But I am purposely tying up my cash flow in assets in investments. So I can't even support another person if I wanted to. I just don't have the cash flow. Um, That's <laughs> and, right. Yeah. And this is where we as adults start to kind of break off from 
people who no longer serve our interests, the way that we're moving forward and conducting ourselves. And I think that's a super important milestone to hit. Absolutely. So what does your dream life look like? And what steps are you taking to make that a reality? Is it going to sound lame if I say I'm currently living my dream life? And no, I wasn't totally expecting that because you are living my <laughs> fucking dream life. Let me ask, okay? <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate it. It's taken yes. a long time to get here. And everybody's like, what's the secret? It's like, I fucking cried myself to sleep. They're like, that's how you mm. do it. Um, I'm in such a unique position. But like during the day, I work for Expedia and I get to work in tech. So I get like tangible, hard skills. Then I go home and I plan trips for some of the most incredible women in the world. I get to coach and be a um, classroom leader for people who are trying to do the same thing like me abroad and move to all these crazy countries that they've never been to before. And my love language is service. So this is giving me energy. I don't know if you can hear it in my voice. Just every single day I jump out of bed. I'm up at 530 in the morning pursuing what I'm trying to do. And I hope it never stops. I really do. I mean, isn't that everyone's dream? Like to just wake up with a purpose and to not feel this, like this, I I want to say it's like indentured servitude. Like mm. I feel like so many people go to school, right? Cause they're like, mm-hmm. yeah, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to get into a hundred thousand dollars worth of debt mm. to then have to work a fucking job that I have to work for 40 plus years to pay off this damn debt. And then I'm not even happy. Yep. Like that is the saddest shit in the world to me. Yep. Saddest I, shit in the world. Um, there's another idea I'm toying with. So at, my biggest problem for like character flaw is I get too emotionally invested in all of these different activities that sometimes I don't finish them, but I get uh-huh. close. Um, so obviously I'm going to finish this, um, masterclass because I put it out into the universe, publicly committed myself to it, and I cannot let people down. So that's yes. one way to kind of work that system. But my second masterclass, once I have proof of concept that I can do this, um, is going to be teaching people how to pivot into tech. And I'm not talking about going to like some coding boot camp as a 43-year-old woman who's been a nurse all her life. I mean, we're going to find soft skill professions in technology, cushy jobs, and we're going to pivot you in that direction. And I'm going to recruit my um, people from Google, my people from Facebook, all these recruiters, so we can actually shape your CV, teach you how to interview, give you these new skills, so you can move into Facebook as a project manager. That's what's next. And I- I I love it. Oh my God. (laughs) I'm glad. I'm so happy to hear that, because you're my audience, like women who want to fucking change their lives. Uh, I'm not asking you to go into debt and go back to school. I'm asking you to reapply what you've already learned into a different career path that makes you happy and that pays you what you're worth. I freaking love that. And I think, you know, there's so much emphasis on, oh, I need to go to to do whatever the hell I went to school for that. Like, that's the only thing I can do. And there's just so many soft skills that you learn along the way. Like, Mm -hmm. let's look at me and you. Mm -hmm. We're bloggers, right? Mm -hmm. Were you born even knowing what the fuck a blogger was? Mm -mm. Like, I don't, I wasn't. Mm -mm. Had no clue. How to build a website. How to become a photographer. Like, all this random shit. I didn't go to school for any of this stuff. Mm -hmm. I took a one and a half hour 
food styling and food blogging course for $75 at the Institute for Culinary Education in New York City. That was my education. The rest of that shit was legit Google. Yep. YouTube it. Google it. Search it up on Bing. <laughs> like, this is the stuff. There's so much information. Mm -hmm. And people just don't realize it. And I recognize that there is something to be said about having a classroom of people trying to do the same thing as you. Uh, and having like a leader of the classroom giving you direction. And that's kind of what I'm trying to provide. Um, with uh -huh. the move abroad, uh, move abroad course, I'm actually the, I'm going to have an evergreen offering, but the real thing that people should be excited about is when you go onto the, in the classroom situation, I'm going to organize people by country and region so we can get country specific requirements, details, websites, everything. Todo. Uh, into this classroom and I'm going to help them navigate that so they graduate literally with a project plan and half of the work done so they can go off and be successful and have friends in that region when they get there. Mm, that's so awesome. I'm really excited if you can tell. <laughs> yes, I am excited for you. And I, you know, it's, it's one of these things where like in what you're talking about, it is important to have somebody like you leading it because there's just nobody doing what you're doing. You know, you can go to any community college, any four-year university and go get a degree in math or science or English or whatever the fuck, hmm. but nobody's teaching what you're teaching and you're providing an alternative perspective to what life can look like mm. so that's so important to just give people even that idea right the same way that we got into personal finance and just understanding money because somebody planted that idea in our heads mm -hmm. like you have to be exposed to things before you can even know how to apply them. oh for sure and I think people take for granted these soft skills of learning how to navigate stuff like this and we only focus on like the Elon Musk who made uh, hundreds of thousands of dollars because he's a crazy person that, can, that knows how to build stuff. <laughs> like there are smaller entrepreneurs who have equally great ideas that frankly impact more significantly. Like, yeah, Elon mm -hmm. Musk has a company, but I'm trying to change people's lives. I want to get them free healthcare. I want to get their kids into uh, free education. Like this is something that's going to impact an individual and not just give them a paycheck that's taxed at half uh, at 50% and then lay them off when the economy gets bad. Amen. Oh my God. I'm snapping so much for this right now. <laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad. I'm just, it's hard to connect with um, other Latinos and people of color uh, when you're siloed in the whitest village in Germany. Um, oh my gosh. I can't even imagine. You have to like grasp at straws at social media. And I actually, so I was in a, a bakery and I started speaking Spanish to my husband because that's what we do and we don't want people to understand what we're saying um and uh same yeah and my husband's Spanish isn't great but he tries uh and the lady behind the counter starts responding and I'm like oh shit I'm, I'm glad I'm not speaking about her um but she's actually a Romanian lady who has learned Spanish from telenovelas that she streams illegally here in Germany Oh my and God. <laughs> she has created a, a Spanish speaking community for herself in this village. And apparently there's even like a, a little Mexican Mercado down the road. And so now Ooh. I'm part of this WhatsApp filled with Spanish speaking ladies from all over Latin America. Uh, and as soon as we're allowed to leave our houses, we're going to go get food and gossip and exchange cheese, man. I can't wait. 
That is so exciting. I'm so excited for Me you. too. <laughs> and it's these sort of like weird opportunities that I keep stumbling upon like all over the world. Like I was on a random Cambodian island where I discovered a um, absinthe bar. And so these random like uh. European people were like, come to our absinthe bar. And I swam over <laughs> and we had absinthe and I don't know how I got home. But <laughs> you just gotta, when life presents you an opportunity, it is a disservice for yourself not to jump at it. Oh my God, that's so true. I cannot tell you how many places I've been in the world. And one of the first things that I always try to do is try to find some Puerto Ricans. Oh, sure. I mean, it's just when you get a chance to connect with people that share your culture, it, especially when you're outside of the United States. Mm. It's amazing. Yeah. So um, recently, my husband and I, we went to London. Ooh. And um, of course, we're searching for Puerto Ricans. We couldn't find any. <laughs> but we found some Dominicans, which I was like, okay, we're like neighbors. This is fucking awesome. Yep. Right? Yep. And then <laughs> we actually met up with one of my husband's fraternity brothers who moved out there with his uh, fiance. They're both Latino. Mm-hmm. And they are opening a vegan pop-up um, Dominican restaurant Amazing. in London. Amazing. It's like the first of its kind. And I'm just like, yo, this is what I'm talking about. Mm. Like, we gotta expose people to our fucking cultures because they're amazing. Yep. And the more that people understand who we are, like, it, it serves everybody. Absolutely. It serves everyone. Absolutely. And so for my family, uh, on my husband's side, they are as white as the day is long. Their grandparents <laughs> got married with the same last name already of Wachtmeister. Who the fuck is called Wachtmeister? Um, <laughs> and they actually had to check that they weren't related, but they went back far enough, I guess. Um, and so I'm, I'm like the little jalapeno that has been dropped into this family. And I keep bringing my food, my music. I'm like trying to expose them to it because they, they thought you peel an avocado. I watched my sister-in-law oh. peel oh. an avocado. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and that sounds very dangerous. <laughs> I'm like, what are you doing? Um, and they are so appreciative for this like cultural exchange. And you know, you got to kind of like amp up the culture so people can like participate in it. I wouldn't necessarily bring a piñata to like Christmas, but you damn well believe I brought one last year. Um, and I hope this cultural exchange is making them more open-minded about brown people abroad. I hope it's encouraging the kids to learn languages other than German and English because there's a whole world out there. And I pray that I will not be the last. I want the young kids to go find a Kenyan husband or a Chinese wife or something to keep me company. Absolutely. That is the power of travel. Mm -hmm. Being exposed to places and people that are outside of your norm it's like the kindest thing you can do for yourself Mm. it humbles you in a way that nothing else will and it reminds you just how fucking insignificant you and your little bullshit is that's what I love about travel like you think about the day-to-day shit that you stress out about and then you go to places in the Caribbean or in South America or in Europe and you're just exposed to shit that's like real, Mm. like real shit. Mm. You ain't got no problems. Yep. Preach. Preach. (laughs) And you know what? People are shocked all the time when I talk about being an immigrant and they're, they're out, they're Europeans. Like, why do you keep saying you're an immigrant? I was like, bitch, I am. (laughs) 
and it, it yes. makes them so uncomfortable. And then I like to always talk about on my Instagram, like all of the hardships I face trying to trying to be an immigrant in a place I don't speak the language, and like I have to go through all these hoops to be here. Um, and it really opens people's eyes about what others have to endure just to come to America. Like people uh-huh. don't realize, but my my visa documents actually say I have no, I'm not entitled to social services. So if I lose my job, if I need um, some sort of different sort of um, healthcare or financial aid, I cannot tap into that resource. But then again, people are banging on about how immigrants are using up our social services. And I'm like, where? How? Tell mm-hmm. me how to do it. Yeah. I will. <laughs> I will take your man. I will take your social <laughs> services and I'll take your jobs. Um, yeah. And I, I, as long as I have a platform to scream at the top of my lungs that immigrants who make it who deserve to be there and deserve our support, I will continue to shout about it. Amen, sister. Mm-hmm. I love it. I'm glad. All right. So what advice do you have for somebody who wants to get control of their finances and doesn't know where to start? Oh, man. Put it all in front of you. Print it out. Write it down. Put a big circle around it. You need to see everything in one place so you can start making decisions. Um, something that I like to do when I would like focus on budgets uh, is I would highlight based off of what I consider necessary fixed expenses, what I consider to be luxuries, what I consider um, to be nice to haves. Um, And then you can kind of start doing the math to see what you can afford and what you perhaps need to revisit at another time. So that is like first and foremost. Then when you get to like the second stage of the financial journey and you wanna start thinking long-term about how your money works, um, you can do very basic financial modeling. So Google intre- compound interest, uh, like interest calculator. And then you can see if I put in $10,000 at an 8% return, what's that going to be in year one? What's that going to be in year two? And then you got excited about the possibilities and you start to commit yourself to those goals. It's so true. You need to, you need to see and... And be able to grasp what you're trying to accomplish before you even start trying to actually tackle that goal. I think that's such a big thing. Yeah. And I keep getting so many questions on Instagram, like, how do I start investing? And I, I always start with, what's your emergency fund looking like? A what? Mm-hmm. I'm like, We're, <laughs> you, you are trying to run before you can walk. And there is no shame in starting at ground zero. I started at ground negative zero. Um, so I'm always trying to bring people back to reality because they see my success on Instagram, which I can admit is curated. I try to share all the bad stuff, but also some ex-boyfriends from high school are following me and I want to put my best foot forward. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) You got to stop on the ground. Yes. Yes. (laughs) I'm going to share my, my deepest, darkest fears as long as I overcome them. Yes. Uh, so I, I try to bring people back to reality and remind them like where I started and, and how I'm doing. And one of my goals that I've kind of removed from the face of my um, Instagram right now, just because of the state of the world, um, my goal this year is to save and invest $20,000 for 2020. And I'm already halfway done. I'm 10 grand in. That is an amazing goal. Good for you. Thank you. And I've been very upfront with real numbers, how I do it, where I put my money, what I sacrifice with um, to give people the same tools. But I don't want to celebrate myself when the rest of the world is weeping. Uh, and you know what? If I get laid off, it's I'm hard. Be weeping too. 
Yeah, yeah. It, it's hard because I feel like some of the content that I'm seeing is almost like self-serving. It's almost like braggadocious in a way. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, look at me. You know, we're fucking debt free. And like we are our net worth is $500,000 and whatever the fuck. And it's just like, OK, that's great, guys. But like you need to be shoving that shit in people's faces right now. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. You know. it's hard there's but um there's a couple of accounts that focus a lot on like six figure net worth and i don't know if that's appropriate right now yeah i hear you so i have a question because you mentioned investing and mm-hmm. i have no idea how investing works outside of the united states mm-hmm. so like what exactly are you doing oh girl you came to the right place So um, one of the benefits of being so international is I have the legal right to reside and work in different countries. So Uh based off of what the tax limitations and advantages are, I organize my money in that way. In the United Kingdom, uh, where I so I just moved to Germany like three weeks ago. um, And in the UK, we have something called an ISA. It's very similar to a Roth IRA. And we have a 20,000 pound limit that we can invest. And the earnings and that money in there is tax free forever. Forever. Wait, wait, wait. So this is the equivalent of an IRA, you said? Yes, Roth IRA. So y'all get to get, y'all get to put 20,000 fucking pounds in there when we only get $6,000. Yep. yep. Oh, I'm Yep, heated. you should I'm be so heated. Right now. <laughs> <laughs> you should be heated. Okay, please continue. Okay. So when I max out my 20 grand allowance, oh, this is per year, by the way. So the financial year starts again in like five days. So you best believe I am shoving every single pound I can in there because wow. I also make dollar and I also make euro. So for America, all of the money I make there, I'm putting towards my student loans and, of course, the 6500 um, Roth IRA allowance and allowing that to have compound interest. And then in Germany, we have very flexible um, property laws. So once we buy our properties, uh, we everything that we invest into the house is then tax deductible. So we're increasing the um, value of our properties while removing that tax opportunity from our rent and from our um, uh, individual salaries. And then I have my company that makes money. And so you can actually, um, it's called home office allowance. So I can pay my rent Uh with my earnings from my company as long as there is a separate desk with a desktop on it And that qualifies as home office. Um, So that's me paying my overhead. And now all of my salary goes straight into my um, paycheck. I don't have to pay rent. Unbelievable. So you. So how do you get paid in these different. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then tap to pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamline my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, 
scale quickly, and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Currencies. Do you have like different LLCs or, or companies like set up in different countries or how does this work? So I have an LLC in the UK. I, my husband mm-hmm. and I uh, will start earning euros or he already does. So we apply that to our properties. Um, and then in, uh-huh. in the United States, I have investments that earn me dividends um, and I have uh-huh. my Roth IRA allowance. So I put it there. Got it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Wow. We are getting played here in the good old you US. Are. Holy you shit. are, and you don't even need a passport <laughs> to do this shit. That's what I'm trying to help people do. If you can get your ass wow. to the United Kingdom, you can start doing these investments, secure your right to live there, and then maintain those investments forever, even if you leave. Girl. Okay. Uh, where do I go <laughs> this masterclass? Because um, this shit is not a game right now. I need to fucking yes, go. Yes, you do. <laughs> um, and then you can play the American tax system. Because as long as your taxable income is under $110,000, you don't pay tax to America. So, yeah. Wow. So. Oh, my God. I'm so excited for this course. I can't even tell you. I appreciate it. Okay. So before we get into where we can follow you and all your social media, um, I have one more question for you. So what is the most surprising thing that you have discovered about yourself throughout this travel journey of yours? Oh, man, that's a really good question. Um, I am tough as shit. <laughs> oh, yes. man. I'm sorry. I just have to say it. I, I am tough as nails. I've been heartbroken. I've been denied entrance to multiple countries. I've been poorer than I've ever imagined. And I have still dug myself out of holes, not by myself. I've leaned on a lot of people, a lot of resources. But at the end of the day, I fucking pushed that needle forward, moved myself forward and and never gave up on myself and what I wanted to do. And if you would have talked to like 17 year old Vanessa in L.A., my teachers told me that I would never get into a private university, that I would never leave California, that I wasn't. Like, that I wasn't going to be anything special. And fuck you, Dr. Andrade. I am special. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? There is nothing more satisfying than proving people wrong. Agreed. Mm. Agreed. Oh, man. I love that. Uh, (laughs) Vanessa, this was an awesome conversation. Oh, my God. I'm glad. I really enjoyed it, too. And like I said before, it's so nice to hear your voice and, like, you to get my, like, Spanish jokes or, like, Spanish culture in general because I just don't have that out here. um, And it sucks. I feel you, sis. You know, you all, even if it's virtually, we all got to find our tribes. We got to find our comunidad because this is, you know, we're pushing ourselves forward as a culture Mm. as a generation like you are being a voice I'm being a voice there's so many of us that once you actually dive into the personal finance space there's a lot more women of color that are talking about this shit Mm. than you know popular society would have you believe Mm -hmm. but it's about finding those people that you resonate with and that you connect with and that can get this message to you in a way that it resonates Mm. right because it don't matter Who's talking on CNBC about whatever bullshit's going on in the finance mm. world? Y'all don't look like nope. me. Y'all don't sound like me. I'm interested in what the hell you're talking about, even if it's beneficial to me. So I think it's so important 
that we're providing these platforms for people to really just get exposed to information in a way that is relevant to them and their experience. And I just thank you so much for everything that you're doing. So before I let you go, I want to find out um, where we can follow you, where like social media, websites, give it all to us because we need to keep track of all the crazy and amazing shit that you're doing. I'm so excited. Yes, of course. Um, Definitely, if you want to interact with me on like a day-to-day basis and just like get my ethos, follow me on Instagram at wander, W-A-N-D-E-R, onwards, one word. Um, This is where I pour my heart and soul out to the world. So it's my favorite platform. Um, Also, my YouTube is now up and coming. I have lots of travel stuff on there. Um, You can find me at wander onwards, but I'm going to be starting a pink series Uh, where I explain financial information uh, in under five minutes for women. Uh, Because I don't know if you've heard this, but when you turn something pink, it automatically makes it for women. Have you heard this? With like pencils and like (laughs) razors. (laughs) I hate the color pink. I do too. mm. (laughs) And I can't believe we have to pay tax on that. Like because it's pink, it's more expensive than a man's razor. This is some bullshit. Um, Some bullshit. Yeah, so that'll be on my YouTube as well. Um, you can follow me on Facebook at uh, backslash wanderonwards.vanessa. I'm not really on Twitter. Don't go there. <laughs> um, <laughs> and just like a side comment, I realized that I messed up the name of my nemesis. Uh, it's Dr. Jang, not Andrade. Andrade just told me I wasn't smart <laughs> enough to be in calculus. Um, well, fine. <laughs> but I think this is kind of telling. I'm starting to lose this anxiety of what I used to be feel like as a as a young woman like I'm starting to lose that hatred and the anxiousness of people telling me that I I can't do something and that's just like a breakthrough for me on like this public platform I'm sorry I just wanted to share that no that's so relevant and I think there's two things that fuel that and it's fueled it for me one is getting older Mm. you just stop giving a fuck at some point because you start realizing you know some things right and then the second part of that is actually conquering all these fears and accomplishing all this shit. Like, how can you not feel like a bad bitch? Yeah. I mean, how could you not? Yeah. <laughs> like, Rihanna, give me a call, girl. We got some stuff to talk yes. about. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, Vanessa, thank you again so much. This was an amazing conversation. And you are continuing to inspire people to look at how opening up your eyes to the world of travel It's not just like cute for Instagram. That shit can legit change your life. Absolutely. And the more we get to put ourselves out there in in front of financial people, in front of um, like loud platform, we get to show other Latinas that they can do the same shit. And that's what I hope people take away from this. You can be us, guys. We are not that special. Mm. (laughs) I mean, I have nothing else to say to that. Thank you so much. I'm glad. This has been great. I'm glad. Thank you, honey. No worries. We'll keep safe out there. I absolutely love this conversation with Vanessa. And if I'm being completely honest with myself, she has absolutely reinvigorated my plans to move abroad once I retire. So my retirement goal right now is to be retired by the age of 45. So that would be in the year 2030. And I think that the information and the knowledge that Vanessa is sharing through her platforms is just absolutely incredible and invaluable and so needed because, you know, it's 
really easy to just get caught up in I am where I am and this is the only place I can be. And there is so much world out there. There are so many opportunities out there. And half of the battle is really convincing yourself that there is this vast space of opportunity and exploration that comes with travel and just being exposed to what life can look like in different places. So I encourage you, once coronavirus is gone, book a flight, get on a plane, go see some other part of the world that you've never been to because it's going to open your mind to a realm of possibilities that you never knew existed. So until next time, guys, stay inspired, stay passionate, stay motivated, and stay poderosas. On the Yo Quiero Dinero podcast and associated entities, all information provided is for general information purposes only and does not constitute accounting, legal tax, or other professional advice. Listeners should not act upon the content or information found here without first seeking appropriate advice from an accountant, financial planner, lawyer, or other professional. We assume no responsibility for information contained on this podcast and associated entities and disclaim all liability with respect to such information, including but not limited to any liability for errors, inaccuracies, omissions or misleading or defamatory statements. Usage of this podcast and associated content constitutes an explicit understanding and acceptance of the terms of this disclaimer.